0: Bear, Bear, Bears football. The ESPN 1000 postgame show is back with your hosts, ESPN 1000 fantasy expert and host Jeff Miller and two-time Super Bowl champion Chicago native Howard Griffith. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
1: here this evening just as we are after every bears game for two hours taking your phone calls i'm jeff miller along with howard griffith we will be doing the same thing thursday night after the bears take on the bucks as two three and one teams will square off on the national stage the Bears totaled 269 yards of offense. That is not nice. It is the Colts winning 19 to 11 at Soldier Field. Matt Nagy met with the media a short time ago on Zoom, and this is what it sounded like.
2: I'll start off by uh, you know saying, obviously, um, stating the obvious of that that was a a tough game to be a part of, just the fact of uh, you know the way things went. Um, you start you start off and, and you know you end up punting the ball and then you get it blocked and that, that's a that's a tough start. And I think that uh, for our guys we got to understand we got to be better at that point. Uh, obviously, uh, offensively um, we know that we got to be a lot better. Eleven points doesn't do it. Uh, getting a you know a free touchdown at the end of the half and cover two the whole way down the field is not good enough. Um, we got to get we you have to be able to run for more than twenty eight yards in a game. And I think that that's where. Um, Our guys will know that. Um, And then you can't become as one dimensional when you can't run. So, um, you know, I thought the defense, uh, again, situationally played well and forced field goals again, 19 points on defense. You know, you should, you should be able to, to win games. And, um, you know, third down, we were four for 14. Uh, That, that, that part there, again, we need to be better 17 yards rushing on 11 temps in the first half, longest run of the game, six yards. So, um, that, that's, there was really never a rhythm in the game. And then too many penalties, I, I thought. You just felt penalties in opportune times. And so what we need to do now is, um, obviously, on a short week, we have to pick up the pieces. We just had a, a talk in the locker room of just understanding that we stick together and that, that we have a short week against a good football team. But, um, you know, I, I have a lot of uh, uh, respect for our players, and I know that, that they, along with our coaches, we'll, uh, we'll do everything we can to get better.
1: Matt, did you have a, a view on the interception? Were you able to, to tell what went wrong on that sequence?
2: No, I, 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 didn't. Um, you know, I just think that, uh, again, that's I'll have to go back and look at it and see exactly, um, a, a better view of that. Do you not have any feel for why it was such tough sledding running the football today? Well, I would say this, Dan, I think no, number one is this, this defense. And I want to give credit to, uh, to, to their coaching staff and, and their players, man, that, that's a really good defense. And and again, this is their fourth week in a row that they've done this. So um, again, a credit to, to who they are and how they play together. Uh, we knew Dan going into this game that it was going to be this style of game um, just because of how they play and what they do. We knew it wasn't going to be easy to run the ball, but I thought that, um, you know, you just felt like, So, you know, a rush for two, a rush for three, a rush for two, a rush for three, a rush for two, you know, a long rush of six. You felt that. And so and then all of a sudden you look up and it's the end of the third quarter and we're trying to get a rhythm. And um, it just is is uh, it's it it was hard. And that's a credit to them. But again, I'll go back to saying this, that I know that that our guys as an offense collectively, They'll 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 figure out the why part. Coach Castillo will get them right. We all care about it. We all want to get better, and we know we got to be better at that point. So, uh, it'll be a good challenge for us on Thursday. Man, man, excuse me. It's just one loss, and you're three and one. But to come out as flat as you did, and and just not sharp in multiple phases, is that a little mystifying to you? I mean, are you scratching your head a little bit after this one? No, I'm not. I'm not scratching my head. I, I just because I think when you scratch your head is that when you start. You wonder if it's effort, and none of it was effort. Our guys all care, Um, so you 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 would love to be four and zero right now. Uh, We're not. We're three and one. It's the first time all year that we lost a game. So you know, being in that locker room, just understanding how do we react to that, and I think again, responding to adversity, can we play better? Absolutely. Can we coach better? Absolutely. Um, And that's what we got to do. So we're gonna we we got uh, you know we got guys that care. When you care, uh, you figure out answers. Uh, moving forward and I hope that's what we do. Matt, did you see recurring issues that you had in the first three games even though you won today and then uh, did Foles look a little bit out of sync to you as far as his chemistry with the receivers and things like that today? Yeah, I thought Jason that, you you know, there was a little bit with timing here and there and and again with, with Nick getting into it. Last week, uh, just being thrown into it in in the third quarter and then playing being down, you, you are automatically one dimensional. And so you're out there playing and everything just happens fast. And, and again, um, I I think that this is not going to happen overnight with Nick. There's going to be, this is going to take a little bit of time as he gets going with, with the timing of these, these players and what we get to. Uh, so there's a little bit of that at the same time, we all know that we need, you know, we got to keep pressing forward, but Hopefully we get better there in that area, and uh, and we grow. We grow, and we understand it. We don't get um, frustrated, and we, we just we. But we all know that we got to be. We got to score more points, and that's what we'll do. Matt, I know every week's a, a different opponent, a different matchup, and different story. But how surprising was it for you, or maybe frustrating that some of the same, you know, third down, not mm-hmm. being able to score, came up, with, you know, with all the changes you guys made. Well, yeah, again, we want to be better. Um, we we're Being four for 14 is 29%. And, um, you know, we just – you, you got to be able to convert third downs because when you convert those third downs, you're able to get into more of a rhythm. And we just – we didn't have that. So, um, again, it's a credit to, to the Colts for who they are and what they do. And we got to go back and make sure that we're putting our guys in great situations. And then when we get a chance to execute, we just got to execute
3: I know you said 19 points should be enough to to win the game. Just overall, how do you feel that your defense played today?
2: Well, without watching the tape, I felt like my my gut feeling just tells me that they played well. I thought there was a couple, you know, pass interferences that we had that were big chunk plays. It felt like that they got some some downfield throws with PIs. Um, But then at the same time, I love the fact coming out in the third quarter, they get a three and out. And then the first play for us on offense, we get a, a loss of nine yards on a play-action pass. So it's like, you know, our defense comes out and they do their job and they continue to hold them to field goals or get them to punts. And we just could not get in a rhythm on offense to be able to go down there and let that defense, you know, play play from either a tie or from with a lead. It just didn't happen. So I thought the defense played well. I just had to go back and watch it. Man, it didn't seem
3: like it was able to attack downfield until the second quarter when he had those passes to Mooney and Robinson kind of back-to-back. Was there a reason, because were, were the Colts taking that away? It seemed like one of Nick's strengths was to be able to see those downfield throws attack downfield. Is there a reason why maybe that was delayed happening today?
2: I, I think, Jeff, probably when, when you go back, and just from what I feel, is is they started out playing some shell, playing some cover two, and they're going to protect with the shots. And then when you do that and you play cover two – um, you got to be able to run the ball. And what was happening was they were playing cover two and stopping the run. And, and when, when that's the, the case, it, you, you just can't get quite as many shots downfield. Now they'll still come down and play one high and in certain times try to mix up cover just because they have to keep you honest. But, uh, it, you know, they, they do a good job, uh, of, of different things there with their defense. And then they got the players that can, that can make that defense run. And, and so, again, that's a credit to them. So, yeah, you, you didn't feel as many shots until there in that second quarter. We had a couple downfield, and then we, then we didn't score in a red zone. So um, I think you felt that.
4: Yeah, hey, Coach, you talked about uh, the rhythm that Foles needs to get into going down the season, and it will take some time. With such a short turnaround this week, is there something you guys are going to focus on specifically going into this week?
2: Not necessarily. Um again the the beauty of a short week when you come off a loss is that you can you can get rid of it you can get get rid of it and you need to move on we have no time like you know in the next hour we got to get right on to tampa so um that's the that's the positive um you know for that but we just got to figure out okay where what can we do um how can we get better to help out all these guys i'll say this about nick too that i get, i know you guys know this but in these type of games in these type of situations Um, you're going to see somebody that just understands and keeps things in perspective and understands that, that, you know, we got to get better and we got, we got to do better on offense, but there's no panic. I think you guys will feel that you'll see that. And then we just got to go do it.
1: Bears head coach, Matt Nagy. there talking about moving on quickly to Tampa Bay with a Thursday night affair. While they do that, we continue to break down the bears loss to the Colts. We'll do so with the man who is at soldier field. Jeff Dickerson joins us next.
0: Don't move. More of the ESPN 1000 postgame show is coming up on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's Home for Sports. The ESPN ESPN 1000 postgame show is back. Talk Bears with us on ESPN 1000. And the new ESPN Chicago app.
1: Well, the Bears already have two comebacks of 16 points or more in the fourth quarter in the bag this season. There was not a third in the cards for them this evening as they fall to the Indianapolis Colts 19-11 to at home. I'm Jeff Meller along with Howard Griffith. Jeff Dickerson was in attendance for some uh, some uh, air raids to begin the game, and boy, it, it got quiet in a hurry, J.D., what were your thoughts uh, initially about that game today? That's bear raid, Jeffrey. Bear yes. raid, not bear raid. I, I, I stand corrected, yes. I will
3: say that even the bear raid siren was a bit subdued today. I know people <laughs> up at home were unhappy that it was bleeding over into the telecast, but I can tell you here at Soldier Field, it was a little turned down. Like they, they turned it up real fast, and you got the... And then it was like, mm-hmm. like the quick fade, like time to turn yeah. that away. Yeah, look, guys, I mean, look, and I, you know, I don't think this is any sort of hot take or anything, but look, they could easily be 0 4. And they, sh- they showed you why today, didn't they? Yep. I mean, every issue that had been present the first three games was still there today. Um, didn't run the football. 28 net rushing yards. 4 of 14 on third down. Didn't score enough points. Defense, for all the bluster, and everyone's still saying how great they are defensively, I'm just not seeing a dominant defense. I'm not saying they're bad defensively. They've got great players at every level, but they're not a, a terrifying defense right now. They're not, teams aren't scared of, of the Bears' defense, and then special teams has a punt block right away. So, I mean, it was all it was all three phases. And that, that's just, you know, again, so inconsistent. And that was supposed to change. The hope was with Nick Foles going in there a quarterback that they were going to be able to put together four consistent quarters, at least on offense. And I would say there were zero good quarters today. I mean, at the end it was garbage time. The touchdown to Allen Robinson. The final score read nineteen eleven. But if you were watching it like closely, they were not in that game. They were out of that game. And um, yeah, it's just it's just what you've seen the first three weeks. The difference now is they're facing better teams, teams that will not self-destruct and how they do now against the Bucks on Thursday night. And, and beyond that, with some good teams on the schedule, that's going to define whether they're a nine and seven team or a six and, you know, ten team. I think both those guys are clearly on the table right now as possibilities.
5: J. JD, you know this team, you know, is as well as anyone in this city. Um when you when you hear Coach Nagy say, hey, we gotta get it turned around because we gotta, you know, rely upon what's gonna happen and, and really focus on this next game, do you believe that that they're gonna be able to, to shift the focus that quickly? I know you I know they say they can, but because of the way they've played in the previous three weeks and then the game today, what do you think the mental state of this team is right now? Well, here's what, here's where, Howard, I, I, again, I'm not
3: acting like I've played in these quick turnarounds or anything like, like, like you have, but I think here's where at least you are three and one. It feels a lot worse, doesn't it? Because it, they're mm-hmm. not really that good. It, it feels worse, but they are three and one. So there is that you know, that that mindset where, hey, you know what, we're still three and one. These Thursday night games are tough on everybody. We don't have to travel. Tampa has to travel. The quarterback is in his 40s, you know. I mean, it's not easy playing on a Sunday and and playing on a Thursday. I don't have to be a player to tell you that. That's hard on your body. So, you know, sometimes these Thursday night games are real toss-ups. So there's a chance they could come back and and, and win on Thursday. I think Howard, I, I just feel like the real disconcerting thing is they've just never been very good offensively. Mm-hmm. And that, and I think that's, that's a problem. And it's just, it's not getting any better. It's not changing. The quarterbacks change, but it's, it's just not, it's not a really sound offense. The problems we saw and, 2018, 2019 are still the problems you're seeing in 2020. So that that to me is very alarming. If, if I felt like there was a way they could snap their fingers and and fix a lot of these issues, I'd say they can absolutely shake this off and it'll be no problem. Then you look and see, you know, look, Brady had five touchdown passes today. That's a pretty good team. That's a good coaching staff. That's a good head coach. They're going to score some points. Bucks are coming here to score some points on Thursday night. What the Bears do offensively will determine whether or not it's a game or not, and they can win this game. But I just, they haven't shown anything, Howard, to lead us to believe that in this quick turnaround offensively, that they're going to be able to make the necessary corrections and change some things because it's just been the same old story the last couple of
1: years. J.D., I'll, uh, I'll co-sign the fact that uh, this defense, you know, again, it's 19 points, so you don't want to harp on them. But Howard and I kind of unpacked it earlier in the show the fact that, you know, there's five plays a game that are there for the taking that can be difference making plays, and Khalil Mack not hanging on to one of the easiest interceptions that he'll ever get in his paws, just allowing it to fall in what would have been essentially the red zone for the Bears. That play when if you want to be counted on as the you know the unit that's gonna lead your team deep into the playoffs, that's a play that needs to be made early in the game. And and Khalil Mack not hanging on to that one, like I, I know, look, drops happen, but boy. That one was, was just, just a, that one was a punch to the gut. That, that
3: hurt. I guess the question, Jeff, is do you want to be a good defense or do you want to be a great defense? Everything that we've heard from the Bears is that they believe they're a great defense. Um, 19 points. Yeah, 19 points. I think you know, that's, a, that's a fair number to give up. I think you know, a lot of teams, their offense would score more and you could win that game. But they did not play great defensive football. They had some moments of, 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 you know, impactful stuff. You know, I know Roquan Smith did not get credit for that pick, but that was a great play in the end zone that his foot was out of bounds. He played pretty well today. Cleo Mack, you mentioned him. He had two tackles today, guys. Mm. That's it. Two tackles. There weren't a lot of impactful plays. Philip Rivers is not a very mobile quarterback. They got to hit him more. And he wasn't hit very often. Colts ran the ball okay. And then, they you know, when they needed a big drive, they came through with it. They pick a big first down, they picked it up. So I'm not, I'm not saying, like, the defense is this horrible defense. I don't think they believe that. But they have to know in their heart of hearts that what you've seen through four weeks isn't what they were advertised as being. They were supposed to be a lot better than this. And I think they have played okay. But if you're going to sit back and say they have been a dominant defense
5: in these four games, I, I'm I'm just not sure what game you're watching. Yeah, Jeff, they, they haven't been, they haven't been, but, but I think the other area where they have to, to really sure up is the offensive line. I mean, because if you're going to have a, a quarterback that's not going to have the third of the run, you've got to put the, the offensive line has got to be able to give him a little bit more time, or you're going to have to go to some more short, the short passing game to get the ball out of his hands and try to get it into your playmaker's hands. What do you think? And I think this is the second week in a row. I've kind of asked about the offensive line but how can they get better, and, yeah. and how can they put them in a better position to be successful? Well, Howard, I know you guys
3: uh, heard Matt Nagy uh, before I came on. You heard his Zoom call, and, um, you know, he made a point of saying that, you know, look, the, the Colts were dropping their safeties deep, and they got to run the ball. And that's the offensive line. They got to run the ball to to open that up and allow Nick Foles to do what Nick Foles is really here to do, and that's, you know, see the field and, and hit take some deep shots. And flex some muscle in the vertical passing game. Guys, they didn't even take a shot downfield until the second quarter when they had those back-to-back throws with Mooney and Allen Robinson. They were so conservative. I mean, I hate to joke about this. It was like you're watching the John Fox Bears. Remember those guys? They they didn't didn't thrill the nation. They they bored the nation with their team formation. I mean, that that was terrible. I mean, honestly, it was like, wow. I mean, there were no fans in the stands that year either. But I'm like, this is like, Same thing. It was so conservative. And they could not run the football. Howard, I I just don't understand why David Montgomery carries the ball ten times. I I, I don't get it. I mean, you lose Tariq Cohn, who is, you know, a a guy that's going to get some carries as an all-purpose guy. I don't understand Cordero Patterson's role necessarily. Uh, David Montgomery was drafted to be an every-down running back, so I don't understand why he is not. I'm sure we'll we'll, we'll try to unpack that as – as the weeks go on here, it's a, it's a quick turnaround for everyone in terms of our access is very limited this week Thursday night game. But I mean, he's not getting the ball. They're not opening holes. They can't run. They can't throw deep because they can't run, and the whole thing just falls apart. So I, I think Howard, as you know, it's all it's all interconnected there.
1: Yeah, I, I, JD, J, we'll spring on this. Uh, the the Cordero Patterson third and one. My God, what is the infatuation with him? I don't get it. I, I don't. I mean, he runs hard. He's a great return man. Um, He does run hard.
3: But I just, I don't understand. Again, David Montgomery is, he, he, I it certainly seems like he could be what they thought he was when they drafted him. Why he is not being used that way, I don't understand. And, you know, Matt Nagy still says, you know, we have no rhythm on offense. It's like, my goodness, like there there has not been a rhythm on this offense very rarely. And, 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 you know, I'll leave you guys with this. I know you got to go up against it. Look, you, you can't come back from behind every game. And, you know, some people might say, well, if, you know, if Anthony Miller doesn't, you know, tip that pass and it's not intercepted, you know, Bears can come on and come back and win. That's not how you win in this league. I mean, it's like they've seen Haley's comment like twice in a month. Like, <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't happen. Like, you, you, you can't expect that. That's not how no. any good team depends on winning games. And they keep falling behind and they, you know, they got so lucky to come back against Detroit and Atlanta, and they've used that up. That's not going to be available to them the rest of the year. they got to get a lead, run the ball, be efficient, and then let that defense work for them. But they've just gone completely opposite the way we thought they were going to find ways. We thought their formula for success was going to be one thing. It's been the exact opposite,
1: and that success, I'm telling you, cannot be sustained the way they've been doing it. No, J.D., I'll leave you with this. Uh, you mentioned it. Uh, no team in the NFL – has two fourth quarter comebacks of 16 points or more in the last 40 years. The Bears had two in three weeks, and they tried to tried to make a three uh, with the Colts trailing 19 to three. Yeah, it's it's not going to happen. You said it, Haley's comment. It just doesn't happen.
5: No, um, and they use those up against bad teams too, <laughs> exactly. which is so disappointing.
1: Um, right, that's the point. Uh, they wasted them on bad teams. Yeah. All right JD we'll let you get uh, get home and get uh, get some shut eye but uh, thanks for popping on with us we appreciate it my man thank you guys have a great rest of your night that is Jeff Dickerson covering the Bears for ESPN.com and us on ESPN 1000 Howard Griffith, Jeff Mellor, taking your calls up till 30 After every Bears game for a couple hours, we'll let you hear from Nick Foles and continue to take your calls in just two short minutes. The
0: ESPN 1000 Post Game Show returns after these. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Ah! Welcome to the ESPN 1000 Post Game Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. <laughs>
1: you can see the difference when a look he's Kyle Shanahan is at the top of his game Howard uh he the man I mean listen I have to imagine you know what I haven't brought this up yet but uh you actually uh did you ever have a you, you, I have to imagine there was some point when a a young Kyle Shanahan who was in high school while his dad was the head coach of your Denver Broncos you had to have some uh some uh interaction with the young Kyle Shanahan right yeah, I had a lot of
5: interaction with him, and uh, I, to be honest with you, you could tell, really at that at that early age that you know he was going to. After he was in college too, he was going to be a head, he was going to be a head football coach, and he was going to be really good. And when he hey. when he finally decided
1: to make that jump, he's he was the talented. I mean, outside of, you know, you could go one and one a him and Andy Reid in terms of best play colors in football right now. He runs a couple of tight end screens, follows it up with a tight end jet sweep. And then you've got a wide receiver reverse and a wide receiver screen on uh, the last drive for the 49ers, which results in just a uh, Brandon Ayuk just, just making, uh, showing off why he was a first overall pick. Uh, I'm sure folks will catch up with it, uh, on the highlights, but Brandon Ayuk just took it to the house and, uh. Made a just just a just a sweet play, jumping over uh, the defensive back to to uh, end it with a 38 yard touchdown, and uh, Kyle Shanahan just just doing things that I think we here in Chicago thought we might see from Matt Nagy when you know when when things go awry. Matt yeah. uh, Kyle Shanahan is is running his offense with Nick Mullins under center, and he's yeah. also getting the most out of Jimmy Garoppolo when he's under center for them, and it's just you know what. Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky, whoever it happens to be, uh, Kyle Shanahan finds a way to, you know, put his quarterbacks in position to succeed. And, and, and like, I, there's lots of people to be critical of. But, you know, when things go wrong for Matt Nagy with Mitchell Trubisky, he gets Nick Foles this week. And I'm just saying, yeah. you've got a guy out in San Francisco who, uh, who, who, who puts his, posi- his players in position to succeed, man.
5: And really is committed to running the football. Yes. I mean, that's that's a huge part of it. And, you know, he he grew up and his, his developed his skill set when he was under uh, Gary Kubiak um, with uh, in Houston. When mm-hmm. Kubiak gave him his first job as a wide receiver coach at, at a young 20-something. So, you know, he had a group, he had a room that, you know, if he didn't know his stuff, they would challenge him. But my point with him is that he still knows – Okay, you still have to be able to run the ball. You still have to be win the game at the line of scrimmage, and it's just not about necessarily putting spreading the field and being able to to be as 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 fancy, I'd say, as like a Kansas City is right now. Um, you, you mentioned Andy Reid and and Eric Bieniemy do an unbelievable job there, but that's not everybody can't do that because everyone doesn't have the personnel. So. What you ultimately have to do as a head coach and as a play caller, you have to be able to utilize the skill sets of the people that you have. Mm -hmm. And and that sometimes is what's frustrating. And, And we mentioned, we bring up Patterson a lot because I think it's important because you talk about using your personnel. There's no way that Montgomery should not be touching the football in some way, shape, or form. 20 times a game. Yeah. It's just absolutely no way
1: because he has talent. He's got a lot of talent.
5: Yeah. Like, listen,
1: if utilizing it. Yeah. If if you plug David Montgomery into Kyle Shanahan's offense, he would find a way to utilize him and get him to 18 to 20 touches a game. Look, uh, I mean, I do the fantasy football show. So, you know, I have, uh, I have, uh, I have a very, you know, deep knowledge of teams, rosters, especially their skill position players. Mm -hmm. And, Look, we're, uh, one week I'm talking about Raheem Mostert, you know, his next-gen stats, how he's hitting 23 miles per hour, yeah. uh, you know, and one of the only players in, in the league to do so. But let's be honest, nobody knew who Raheem Mostert out of Purdue was up mm-hmm. until, like, eight weeks ago, you know, eight weeks into the season last year. Right. Then Raheem Mostert goes down and gets injured, and he, he's gone for a couple weeks. And and listen, they they spent a lot of money in, to bring Jarek McKinnon in, um, mm-hmm. He was supposed to be the starter before, you know, w- before he suffered a knee injury and Moster took over and ran well for him. But, you know, whether it's Moster, Jeff Wilson, it, they, they, it doesn't matter. They've got guys on the roster who they can give the ball to and run it with. And like you said, David Montgomery, I mean, listen, he's a third round pick. He should be able to excel if you give him the opportunity to do so. And you know, like we could blame Nick Foles, but ultimately Matt Nagy needs to put his players in position to succeed. And, you know, right now, today's performance was abysmal. Yeah. And and
5: you see, you bring up a great point. uh, When you talk about being able to go deep into your roster and still be able to run the same offense uh, that you're running when your, your starters are in there. Mm -hmm. And, And I think it's important. I think it's sometimes it's overlooked because one of the things that was happening when they were starting to make the transition to this more mobile athletic quarterback, Um, the the fear was he's going to get hurt. And instead of having having a guy who can do the same thing, Mm -hmm. they might have a pro-style quarterback there. So now you're having to teach a different offense to the offensive line. It's different. But when you talk about the depth, being able to have that synergy from top to bottom and be able to run what you need to run is how you have a really good team. That's how you put it together, but that comes down to the general manager and the head coach being on the same page and making sure that everyone that comes into the program can fit the scheme that we need to run. Not, oh, baby, he can do a little bit of this for us. Uh, uh-uh. uh. They need to fit the scheme, and and that's always been one of the challenges between uh, general managers and head coaches because sometimes the general manager values this style of player. And the coach is like, well, wait a minute, I got to coach them. Why can't I have the guys I need? And that's when back in the early 90s, mid-90s, you were seeing the head coaches were also getting the, the general manager label as well because they wanted to coach and they also wanted to be able to go out and get the players that, that would best fit their system. And right now, the system isn't working the way the head coach wants it to work or the way the general manager wants it to work, and
1: that ultimately is going to cause a problem if it already has it. Just mentioned Nick Mullins. Let's try another Nick. Nick on the north side has been patient. Thanks for hanging with us, Nick, uh, while we play, brought you J.D. And some press conferences. What's going on tonight? What's on your mind, Nick? Hey, fellas, a
3: couple things. Uh, one is, please, Cheeto Mitch from Best Plains of his parents' uh, basement. Please don't, <laughs> don't let that guy – don't give him a platform no more. He's terrible. Uh, besides that, um I, Nagy's a fraud. I mean, he showed you, we recall Mitch for be showing who he was. I think Nagy showed us who he was in the playoff game when he had the opportunity to call plays and, and cost the Chiefs the game because he wouldn't run the ball. Um, yeah, you're, I just want to see you guys hold him accountable going
1: forward. That's all. Just be listen. Equal. Just be fair. Listen, uh, Nick, the The seat is certainly going to get hot, and you bring it up. The, before, the game before Matt Nagy was the last game he called plays for the Chiefs before he was hired as the Bears head coach. The Titans came from behind with Marcus Mariota of all quarterbacks um, leading them to a, a come-from-behind victory when they failed to run the ball with Kareem Hunt. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, in the short history, uh, you know, where Matt Nagy has been calling plays, although it's not so short anymore, you know, we we, he, we can talk about him being, you know, uh, handicapped with Mitch Trubisky, but the truth is at this point, you know, we've had enough, enough seasons under his belts where he needs to hold a lot of the responsibility. I, I don't think we're going to run away from that, Nick. We're going to hold him accountable. Yeah. I'll, I'll uh, give you the floor, Howard. Yeah, Nick, I think, I think you're right. And, and I think ultimately, um,
5: as the head coach, and I just mentioned it, you've got to be able to utilize the skill sets of the people that are around you. It doesn't matter what you did at another stop. And even though, even though the fans, we as fans, we want we see Kansas City doing what they're doing, right? And it's like, okay, we should be able to do that here as well. It doesn't really work that way, and he's got to find his groove, and he's had plenty of time to find his groove and find out what's going to work. But right now, he's he's finding himself in a position where you know he he's not putting the team in the best position to win on each play. And I'll go back to the Patterson play. I mean, that's, that's it, it's glaring. When, how is that going to be your short yardage? Because that's what it is. That's your short yardage personnel group. And that should never be your short yardage. Uh, it shouldn't be that way. Uh, so unless somebody can tell me that Montgomery fumbled four or five times in a row in a short yardage situation, uh, during camp, I, I just cannot
1: continue to stand by and watch that happen it, without saying anything about it. Yeah, the the Bears are currently three and one, but if you look at the next four games, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but they've got the Bucks on Thursday night. Obviously, the Bucks. A lot of people will expect them to come in and win, but. JD laid it out. You've talked about it, Howard. It's a short work week. It's the Thursday nighter. The I mentioned the Bucks are banged up a lot. So even if they come in on a short week, it's going to be difficult for the Bucs. They're just going to try and escape this one with a win because it is a road game for them. So the Bears have – they're going to have a chance to win this game. But then they've got the Panthers, but they're in Carolina. They're mm-hmm. at the Rams, and then they host the Saints. Now, of those four games, you know – If they can get two wins, I think that would be you know a a nice little you know that'd be a nice job for them because truth be told, they're probably going to be an underdog in three of these four games. Yeah, and that's fair.
5: And and until they can start to to gain some momentum, and and, and we've talked about this too. Listen, we're we're all over the offense because you know that's kind of how it happens. But defensively, just the expectations, the inability to be out be able to go out and control the game is it, frustrating. And it has to be frustrating for fans because I know you know the way fans think, okay, if we add this piece and we add that piece, we've already got these guys, they're playing at a pro bowl level. This should be a dominant defense. And that's how, Jeff, this is how it started, right? Cuz you had these Pro Bowlers already, and then you add some other guys who, who have unbelievable had unbelievable careers, but that's not how it ultimately works. I mean, every season is so different. There's so many things that go into that season. And if guys don't have it for a particular season, I mean that happens. You know, it's hard
1: to play at that level and be consistent year in and year out. That voice you hear is Howard Griffith, two-time Super Bowl champ. I'm Jeff Meller. We're here for you after every Bears game for two hours, taking your phone calls, letting you hear from the head coach and some others as well, along with J.D. Usually, again, we're here until 830 tonight. We'll be back again after the Bears-Bucks game on Thursday night. A few more minutes for you, and uh, if we have time, we'll slip in uh, Nick Foles as well. Stay tuned up till 830 on ESPN 1000. Howard Griffith and
0: Jeff Meller. More post game coming up. This is the ESPN 1000 post game show on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. A two time Super Bowl champion. A two time winner of the ESPN 1000 Fantasy Football League. Uh, never mind. Howard Griffith, and Jeff Mauer. The ESPN 1000 postgame show is back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
1: The three and one today as they lose to the Colts 19 to 11. Very little offense to speak of as the Bears only come up with 269 yards and uh, 11 points total. Again, uh, a late garbage time touchdown and a two point conversion, which basically saved them from just putting up three. Again, it was a dismal performance by the offense. The defense had a few chances to make plays. They really didn't do much either. So uh, even though they were solid, holding the Colts to 19 points, I I mean, you mentioned it earlier, Howard, Phillip Rivers, in all likelihood, we'll be going to Canton someday. But the truth is, he's not the same player he once was. He's, he's a statue back there just as much as yep. Nick Foles is. So uh, the Bears really uh, – we haven't mentioned it. What did you think of Jonathan Taylor, the uh, Wisconsin product, who you saw a lot of on Saturdays?
5: <laughs> yeah, I, I really like his game. I mean, he got banged up and, and you know when they were trying to salt the game away towards the end. But, you know, I think he's going to be an unbelievable pro. And one of the things that made him a great college player was that he was always available. Um, mm-hmm. Each and every week, and you know he's very underrated. I mean, this this is a young man that has four four speed, uh, can catch the ball out of the backfield, but they didn't ask him to do that uh, at the Badgers. And really, I'm gonna be honest, with you, one of the nicest young men that I've had a chance to to spend time with, interview and being around. So he's a guy that I'm really rooting for. Uh, as he, you know, as he continues to move on with his pro career, but he and J.K. Dobbins were really tremendous young men getting their degrees and and what they did on the field and how much it meant to, you know, their teammates. But Taylor's going to be
1: a special player. He's going he's going to have a great NFL career as long as he stays healthy. And he's obviously getting a chance much earlier than expected with Marlon yeah. Mack's uh, Achilles injury. Uh, Taylor goes for sixty-eight yards on seventeen carries, so that's four yards a clip. And he also like, caught a ball for 11 yards. So 79 total yards wasn't by any means, um, you know, invincible today in terms of just making the bears, uh, you know, difficult, making it difficult on them. Yeah. But he, he was productive. He moved the chains chains a little bit. And, uh, he he did what they asked him to do, and uh, ultimately it was more than anything the Bears could muster on the ground. So yeah. he was uh, he we I'm sure we'll see even bigger days from him going forward. Let's try Stephen, who's in Columbus, Ohio. You mentioned J.K. Dobbins. Stephen is Stephen is in Columbus. What's up, Stephen? Thanks for calling again.
4: Uh, great to be with you guys. How you doing? Good. Well. well. This was uh, just a complete uh, S show, as people would like to say, I guess. But, uh, you, know, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, to me, I didn't think that uh, changing from Trubisky to Foles would just completely change the dynamics of the uh, offense this badly, especially when it comes to running the ball. And I get it. Foles are, you know, more comfortable running from a shotgun, but... To me, just running the ball up the middle throughout the game when the Colts running, uh, Colts defense, I should say, was just mauling that offensive line. And God bless Juan Castro. He has done a great job. But even Cass- Castillo, I'm sorry. Castillo, Curt- Castillo, yes. Yeah, Castillo, sorry. Even Castillo can only do so much with his talent. But at the same time, you know, Leno, you know, white hair, guys like that, they're just getting pushed around and you continue to run the ball up the middle which obviously raises the temperature and the hot seat. of Matt Nagy, not only as a head coach, but also his play calling and his ability to you know, just game prepare for this going forward. Ironically with the uh, Foles, the guy that he wanted to run the show just really ratchets up the, uh, the problems going forward and I'm sure Chris Ballard-Summer, he's laughing as, you know, <laughs> because of, you know, sure. the way he put together the team and, you know, Pace and the way he handled drafting and free agency just really couldn't uh, get, get anything done today. And obviously the question with Pace and Nagy, you know, whether they're tied together or not, or is there any sort of discontent uh, between them when it comes to, Agreeing on personnel decisions and, you know, drafting the right personnel, those things are obviously going to get and and deservingly have to be questioned over and over again the rest of the season. That's all I have to say. Yeah, Steven, thanks for the call.
5: I really appreciate it. I, I think he brings up a great point, and I mentioned it earlier, Jeff, when you start talking about your head coach and your, your, your um, general manager being on the same page and making sure that you're getting the right players to, to make sure that they fit the system. I, I, it would not surprise me at all that, that, that they're not on the same page right now. And I would not at all be surprised by that. And that's something that has to get corrected. You've got to try to figure it out. But it, the, make no mistake, right now Matt Nagy is in a situation where he's got to find a way to be able to make Nick Foles
1: successful in this offense. He has to. He, no, he absolutely does. And look, they're under, they're both under the microscope at this point. Uh, you know, sh- certainly you can, uh, there's, a, there's some things around the edges you can work on as a general manager, but once you're in season, you know, he, you know, they're, they've moved to, you know, I, I, obviously it's COVID. So it's college scouting is completely, you know, out of the norm. But at this point as a, as a general manager, you know, your, your NFL roster is for all intents and purposes, you know, you have what you have now. Now the yes. microscope is 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 on Matt Nagy, and what can he do to make the players that the Bears have on the roster better and to get the most out of them? And look, they're three and one, and even though it's been, uh, they've got they've got to this point in a very circuitous manner. They are still three and one, and um, you know, depending on what happens with the Packers tomorrow night on Monday Night Football against the Falcons, they could be right back sitting, you know. You know, tied for first place in the NFC North. Although I'm sure most people expect <laughs> expect the Packers to take Fine. care of uh, the Falcons team that we saw uh, last week. You know, we know Dan Quinn could be coach can be coaching for his job. So yeah. we'll see how they come out. If the Falcons have you know a fire under them, we'll we'll see tomorrow night. But it's you know, at this point, Matt Nagy, he's going to have to make the best of Nick Foles. I know they're also. As the season plays out, we're also going to be watching a lot and what happens with Cam Newton once he is off of the COVID list, what he does in New England. Because, look, the Bears the Bears could have had Cam Newton. And I know a lot of people will say, hey, if they had gone to Cam Newton, that would have signaled immediately that Mitch Trubisky was not the guy. And, look, that's another situation where we can call into question Ryan Pace's decision to go out and get Nick Foles because – Matt uh, Cam Newton was there and available for the taking if they wanted him. If they wanted to offer just a little bit more money than the you know the one million guaranteed and seven million in bonuses that the Patriots offered, the Bears mm-hmm. could have had him for less than what they gave up for Nick Foles. They chose not to do that, and you have to wonder was that partially because Ryan Pace didn't want to apply too much pressure on Mitch Trubisky at the end? Absolutely, and, and listen, I, I can see
5: why if you're Ryan Pace and you still at that particular point, believed that Mitch could make the turnaround and be the guy he needed to be to lead this team, if you believed that at that point, I, I can understand it. But most people would probably say the sample size was large enough that it was time to make a move, and you could have made that move and say, hey, Mitch, listen, we're competing around here. This, <laughs> this is what we're doing, because that's what you said yeah. anyway. No doubt We're competing around here. So one of the hardest things I think from a general manager's standpoint, is to admit you're wrong and go in another direction. And because that's hard. I mean that's hard. but the, the great ones, mm-hmm. the great ones, the ones that, that, that consistently are winning executive of the year and that sort of thing or have been at it long enough, have had to make some of those decisions. It's not perfect. I mean, this, no, it, the draft is an inexact
1: science. It's No, no. Look, it's a great point, Howard. No GM, if you're going to do this long enough, nobody's perfect. Heck. Nobody, you're lucky if you're 50-50 on your draft yeah. picks, the way you hit them, you just hope that you can hit big on a few of them and then maybe, you know, uh, you know, you find a few starters here and there and then you can get by and be all right. Like you said, no, it's just, it's not going to be, you know, uh, you're never going to be a hundred percent here, but the reality is too, it was an easy decision. We all knew they couldn't bring back Mitch Trubisky on his fifty year option. That was the right. easy decision. The mm-hmm. hard decision would have been to say, you know what? Fine, we've got you for our fourth year, but there's no way in hell we're bringing you back as the starter. Uh, you know, someone like Cam Newton was out there; they could have easily gone out and got him. And, and all year long, now that's I think where we're going to be because now Nick Foles, look, where they're three and one, and the shine is already off Nick Foles. We're going to be right. looking at him in the the Super Bowl, the the rematch of Super Bowl Fifty Two quarterbacks on Thursday night, and <laughs> if, if things go poorly from there, boy. It is going to get dicey quickly. Uh, yeah. But don't, yeah, don't forget, we will be back with you on Thursday night after every, just like we are after every Bears game for two hours, taking your phone calls. Howard Griffith, Jeff Meller, we're here after every Bears game. But don't forget, Cap and Jay Hood get you started tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Carmen Yerk will be there as well right after them. And then, of course, Waddle and Sylvie in the afternoons talking all about the Bears and Colts game along with uh, everything else that's happening in Chicago sports. But, Howard... That's it. We just concluded our first postgame show of a Bears loss. It's not good either. I don't want to do this anymore. Neither do I. Let's hopefully be doing this after a Bears victory on Thursday night. All, all right. right. For, Howard, for Howard Griffith, I'm Jeff Meller. Thanks to my man Sean Davis back at the shop for uh, doing all the magic back there helping us to take your phone calls and getting uh, JD and Matt Nagy up for us and ready to go. Again, the NBA Finals is up next. The Miami Heat, in progress, currently lead the L.A. Lakers, 83-78 to 78 in the third quarter. So uh, stick around for that one and see who wins. Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks for listening to the ESPN 1000 postgame show. Bears talk continues at 7 a.m. with Cap and Jay Hood on the new morning show on ESPN 1000. Ah!